What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 86 of Beef's Beef. I'm guessing you can probably tell you're not listening to Beef at the moment. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, his older brother, Ryan. Brandon is out of town on business. Uh, he's actually in Raleigh, Durham with my cousin Dave. Shout out, Dave. Uh, so I'm standing in. BJ's here, of course. Yes, sir, as always. And you forgot to tell them Brandon is transitioning currently, so kind of like the Jenner situation. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> that's, a, that's another podcast. I don't think that's this one. Right. Yeah, we don't want to give anything away. We'll let him, yeah. yeah. To all you listeners, we'll let him yeah. have that conversation with you. Next episode, his voice might be different. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know. And there could be some chest. He's got bigger chest, and it's not from working out, bro. No, it's 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 already that big, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so this is obviously the first thing we need to talk about is the Kentucky Derby. Big time. The Kentucky Derby was very exciting for me. Uh, very controversial, obviously. First time ever a horse has been disqualified in the Derby. Which is crazy. I mean, I, I was watching on TV here while I was working, and I was thinking about it from the people who were there. Like, it's a rainy, nasty day, which always somehow happens on Derby. You've got people in the infield going crazy. I saw the videos of them doing mud slides and throwing mud everywhere. And then you've got races just going on all day with a lot of people either winning money or losing money. And a first of all time happens on that day. So, yeah. yeah. Overall yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I prefer to be on the winning side of that money, yeah. uh, which uh, I have done several times. But, you know, rain on derby actually happens, I believe, a little bit over 50% of the time. I think that's a stat I heard, which I love. It's my favorite part about derby is, yeah. that, is that it rains. And that's because long shots have a much better chance of winning, in my eyes, when it's raining, when the when it's sloppy, when it's wet, anything can happen. I feel like yeah. a horse that is supposed to win, they slip once and it's over. They're done. You yep. know, they could sl- they could slip back several paces, but obviously this one, uh, you know, maximum security went over three four lanes. Yeah, it's illegal. You know, he's very close to hitting that other horse's feet. Could have been tragic. Could have been really bad for the other horse. Yeah, or for the jockey. I was thinking about it from the jockey's perspective. Man, you're gonna get trampled. Yeah, and you know he got disqualified. Country house wins, and I win. Yeah, uh, so, sixty-five to one odds, right? Sixty-five to one. I had two dollars on him. I won the one thirty-two, which is nice. Uh, so y'all talked about Derby betting on the last episode, I believe, and so I'm not an expert on horse race betting, but I do bet on the on the Derby every year. First time I ever bet was actually ten years ago, in two thousand nine, and actually I didn't even I don't think they had betting online yet. No. So I actually had Brandon stop by Churchill Downs and place my bet for me. Nice. And that was on uh, Mind That Bird. Okay. That's uh, amazing. That's 10 years ago, too. 2009. Put five spot on him. Okay. Uh, Won 250. Oh, my goodness. And after that, I was hooked. I said, I'm betting every single year after this. Did Brandon get any of that money? Uh, I don't think so. No. Deservingly so. It's my bet. (laughs) I mean, I think maybe a couple dollars for gas. We used to have to do that, though. We used to go. We had a group of friends who would go to the Derby, and sometimes we would be able to get in on the backside, which is where all the horses are and trainers and everything. That was by far the best because there was, like, people grilling out. You don't have to pay the ridiculous prices. You don't pay to get in. 
But then other years we've gone into the infield and hung out with everybody too. And always, we would always have people calling in, hey, can you make this bet? Can you make that bet? And yeah, most of the time it was people losing money. And then it's tough to get that money from them after. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah. So my advice is any of you that bet on other sports, college basketball, NBA, whatever, start betting on the Derby. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you know anything or not. It does not matter. Look yeah. at the odds. If it's raining, you better bet. You better bet on the long shots. I've hit the long shot twice now. Yeah. 2009 and this year. 2009, I won 250. This year, I won 132. Last year, I actually hit the trifecta, Ooh. which I can't remember if it was a $1 or $2 trifecta. I think it was a $1 trifecta. Okay. And it paid out $282. On a one dollar trifecta, it's amazing. Though you know, when I hit it, I thought it was going to be three, four grand like normal. So I jumped off the couch. I'm cheering. I'm yelling. I'm saying choice words, and then <laughs> then it popped up at two hundred eighty-two dollars, and I was not happy. I didn't yeah. even want the two eighty-two. I'm like, you just keep it. Just That's like the it. worst spoiler for a movie ever. You're so hyped oh going into it or something, and then all of a sudden somebody drops some bombs on you. Yeah, it's yeah. a gut check going from three k to two eighty-two. But yeah. still, it's like you said, for a dollar or two dollars to get that out of there that's the way i look at it too is like i heard a couple of people putting hundred dollar bets that ended up hitting and they're winning a ridiculous amount of money and it was even like our tiger bet that we talked about to me yeah hindsight being 2020 those are great bets but i always feel like those hundred dollar bets you're just giving money away so giving them the strategy that you gave them hey if it's raining which you already said percentages say it's probably going to be rainy take one of those 30 to 1 50 to 1 65 to 1 i I think that's a pretty good strategy right there yeah I, i take anything that's around 30 to 40 and up yeah i put two dollars on them every time and normally when it's sloppier I didn't do it this year, but in past years, I'll do five on those long shots. Yeah. Just because it's going to pay out way more. And I'll what I'll do is, you know, I generally put in between 20 and $30. Yeah. So, I was going to say, think about the investment. That's not a huge investment no, to take a chance at winning no. a decent chunk of change. Yeah. It's way better than lottery, scratch-offs, anything oh, like that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've been doing it for 10 years. I've, I got in I'm between 250 and 300 in betting, and I'm up uh, – I've won 640, and I know nothing about horse racing. Yeah, that's a great track record right there. Yeah. So so bet the long shots, at least $2, every single long shot, every single year. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. And then yeah. do $1 trifectas, do about four or five of those, six of those, something like that, and do random put the you know the favorite in there with like a semi-favorite and maybe a long shot in there. Yeah. And then do three, four, five superfectas, you know, top four. And do random, maybe a, a long shot, then maybe the the favorite. Whatever you got to do, just do it randomly. I'll let my daughter choose one. Yeah, have yeah. some fun with it. That's I mean, it's good to do all that. I was thinking about it from a betting perspective, too. It's like you said, a lot of people are going to have favorites in their trifectas, superfectas, whatever it may be. Think about it with maximum security going from first and favorite at what he finished. I mean, it started at four to one. He had to finish better than that i believe I think it was four to one at the was start it? of the race yeah but either way four to one is not that great of odds and then he goes to from never losing a race in his life to finishing first technically mm-hmm. but then getting disqualified and everybody that had him on any form of bet now lost all that money i think conspiracy theory as my favorite conspiracy <laughs> theories they called it in and they said hey where's the money at all right so yeah first time ever 
Churchill Downs made themselves some, or, or probably Vegas made themselves some money. Forget Churchill Downs. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> no, probably not. From what they explained it on TV, it was a rules violation. Right. They made the right choice, and you know, from what they were talking about, if it was any other race on a Wednesday afternoon at whatever place. It, the horse would have been disqualified. Yeah, no it would have what. even been so, a question. I'm glad they did it. I mean, I, I like for them to be consistent and not just, you know, hose the other guy just because it's the Derby and there's 150,000 people there. True. Rules are rules. Yeah. My only thing about it, so think about it from this perspective, though. When you watch the race, it's like you said, you could clearly see him move lanes outside, not just like a little step move lanes outside, right? Mm-hmm. With a sloppy track, that can happen a little bit, but these are like professional athletes. I mean, they're professional animals, they're professional jockeys, so that should never happen. With that being said, the horse who was the one who was truly affected, well, it's like you said, potentially bumped, but probably bumped out of the way, was War of Will. Mm. War of Will ended up finishing in seventh place. So, in my opinion, that's the only flaw with that rule, is you had a horse who was potentially making a push to come past the horse who was in first, loses traction at that point, and then finishes seventh, and they don't get any bump up in space just the person who was technically in second now gets the win so that's where i was disappointed with it but it's still overall the derby is a great thing Mm -hmm. hopefully it did not lose any interest in people's eyes because of something like that Um, hopefully it gained some traction by getting exposure this week and a lot of conversations but we'll have to wait and see until next year. I mean, that's a great moneymaker for the state of Kentucky oh, and yeah. for this area. Yeah, I don't think there's anything you can do to, you know, take the derby away from this area. Everyone loves it, or most people yeah. love it. I do. I love watching it. I love betting on it. You know, gives you a little something in the game to look forward to. Yeah. You know, I, I loved it. I'm glad it got disqualified. That's 132 in my pocket. I'll that's take a good it. Point. I'll take it yeah. all day. Yeah, for good <laughs> so, reason you're happy. Yeah, so I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I was uh, driving around – today in the my big red truck and thinking about what to talk about today and i was i was thinking about as i do often one of my favorite sports moments which i'll get to in a minute but i was wondering what are some of your favorite sports moments and least favorite that you saw in person and that you watched on tv yeah so i have one for each of course uh but I'm wondering what you think about, say, maybe the best sports moment, the best game, the best event that you've been to in person and watched on TV. When you told me this, I loved it. I mean, first of all, I think it's a great idea. So all of our listeners, fans, friendly, whoever you may be out there, go ahead and and give us what you think on Facebook. But this is something that shows you, and this is what I always say, sports are so much more meaningful than solely just competition. Competition is great. Everybody loves to compete, see who the better man, woman, whatever you are at that point. But there's a lot of memories and a lot of bonding type stuff involved with this. I would say for me in person, and this is like I said, this is kind of how I view this, my favorite memory um, was my father and I went to see a Indiana Pacers versus L.A. Clippers game. And it was up in, at that point, I think it was Conseco. And my grandfather was the one who got us tickets. Regular season game, didn't seem like it was going to be that meaningful of a game, right? But during the game, three things happened. So first of all, we're on the baseline. We're in like the second row. We're right on top of the action. I mean, I can only imagine how much the tickets cost. And I've never had seats to anything that close. 
The other thing was Reggie Miller ends up diving to save a ball and dives literally. I'm sitting here in the chair directly next to me. He dives into and gets his legs stuck in it. So we're like helping get him out. And this is Reggie Miller. This is at the height of his career. He's an Indiana legend and a god to some people. And we're helping him try to get back on the court. And then we've got Chris Kamen, which is a guy some people will know, some people not, but a seven-footer, a gigantic man. And I'm sitting there eating my chicken tenders and fries, which were probably trash at that time. But (laughs) I'm loving them at that point. He's getting ready to inbound the pass, and they're on a TV timeout. And he reaches over and takes one of my fries from me and eats it right in front of me. I'm like, man, that's the greatest day of my life. So we go home. And my mom is like, did you see what was on TV? You know, that you were on TV. So you could see us when Reggie dove in right on ESPN. So that's probably my best memory in person. Um, I I really enjoyed going to games with my dad when I was a kid. And then I'd say on TV, I still remember it was when I first moved to Indiana. And we were living in a house over here in Jeffersonville. And it was Jordan 98 against Utah Jazz when he hits the game-winning shot. And there was something that I had – I mean, I was eight years old at the time. or Yeah, I think nine technically by the time the game was played. But I'm watching it, and I remember having a feeling inside of me that was like – I want to – that was the first time I ever thought in my head, like, I want to be the guy who everybody's looking at when you hit a shot like that. Like, you also have to be the guy who, if you miss it, you know, you can take that blame. But I remember something special about that shot. So I think that shot would be a lot of people's picks, um, but it definitely is mine. I was wondering, what do you think your best in person and best on TV would be? So uh, best in person is actually in the same building as yours. Conseco, uh, mm. I don't know what it was called to in 2017. Yeah, whoever there. paid them the big bucks. Yeah, right? I forget what it was called. I think Banker's Life. Banker's but Life. Yeah, it yeah. might be something different. Yeah. So me and Brandon and Chris Lewis went to the uh, game three of the Pacers Cavs series. Uh, nice. And we were sitting upper deck. They had free T-shirts on every chair. What you turned out the you know the neck hole on the uh, on the shirts. <clears throat> were made way too small. <laughs> I don't understand why they did it. I mean, it just caused them to choke so bad because uh, the Cavs were down 25 at halftime. Yeah. And then... Uh, That's a lot. 25 at halftime. They got down either 26 or 27 at the beginning of the third quarter. Well, then LeBron decided that he had had enough of this Yeah. and took the game over. They made a lineup change and... Uh, Took the game over. He ended up with 41, 13, and 12. And the Cavs won the game by, I want to say, three or four, something like that. Okay. So. So for everybody listening, shocker, you were a Cavs fan at that oh, point and oh yeah. not a Pacers fan. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Huge, huge LeBron fan, of course. And, uh, yes, it was, it was great. We loved it. And they shouldn't have made those. Those holes so small. They want to choke so bad. I bet a lot of the crowd was loving having you all there too, because I know how you and Brandon are. I don't know. Is Chris was Chris a LeBron fan too? Was he just enjoying the atmosphere? What was his oh, perspective? Oh yeah, he had a LeBron jersey on. Okay, so yeah, yeah. We're, we're so all... you guys are probably getting stuff thrown at you. Said <laughs> you know it, it wasn't. There's was a few Cavs fans around us that we were high fiving and stuff after the game. Okay, but you know it's at the end of the fourth quarter when when it's obvious the game's over, like you know the last few seconds or whatever. 
I mean, it was silent. Quiet, yeah. Silent. No words. When you come back from a deficit like that, there's not much you can say. And the one thing I have seen over my career of going to games is we've even been to a couple of games, the LeBron games. LeBron fans in general, whatever team he's playing for, I don't care what that is, it feels like LeBron fans travel really well. So you'll see a lot of LeBron jerseys in opposing stadiums. Yeah. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my favorite in person. My favorite on TV is uh, the year before, and this one's pretty obvious. It is Game 7 of the 2016 Finals. It was almost mine as well, too. The best sports moment of my life. Yeah. And uh, I'll set the scene a little bit. So, Brandon comes over to my house to watch Game 7, and Tony comes, and... (laughs) Tony, oh gosh. Tony is a Lakers fan. Right. Tony wore a Steph Curry jersey (laughs) to my house for Game 7 of the NBA Finals. And I'm so happy he did. Knowing you're a Cavs fan and and Brandon Brandon also. Yeah. And so we're in my basement. We're watching the game. My son will not go to bed. My wife's like, go put him to bed. Go put him to bed. So I'm running upstairs trying to get him to go to bed in between on commercials. And I said, you know, forget this. He's staying up. I said, Bethany, he's staying up, okay? We're watching this game. I'm not missing a second of it. So, you know, my son was like three at the time, and he's up till it was like after 12 or something <laughs> like this. I don't care. I don't care. And Deservingly so, though. And, and and I still replay, and I actually about probably once a month I'll get on YouTube and watch the final three minutes of that game. Yeah. And every single time I get chills when Mike Breen – LeBron runs down Iguodala, pins him on the backboard, and he says, oh, blocked by James. I mean, I, I hear that yeah. in my ears a couple times a week probably. Yeah. I know it's three years ago, but I don't care. It was amazing. The only part about that game that I wish had happened a little bit different, even though we won and people got off LeBron's back, is if you remember, there was – it was I think it was right around a minute left or a little bit before that – LeBron got the ball. It was like right after an inbounds, and he ran. He ran in and tried to dunk on Draymond Green's face. Okay. And Draymond Green fouled him pretty hard, and that's when LeBron hit his wrist on the rim and okay. like hurt it really bad. Yeah. And he was on the ground for like three minutes. If he would have dunked on Draymond Green's face, yeah, and that would sealed the game. Oh my god, I, I would still be smiling over it to this day. That'd be a great poster on a lot of kids' walls. Oh, I would, have, I would put it on my wall. I'd put it yeah. on me and my wall. I'd put it next to my wife's bed. Yeah. I, I don't care. I would put it there. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah. So, that that's my favorite on TV, obviously, Game 7 of the 2016 Finals. I loved. Yeah. So, I have... I watched that with a friend here at the fireworks store, by the way. Zach Coleman is who I watched that with. He was a Dwayne Wade fan and actually hit me up and said, hey, I'm about to watch this game. And then even before that, when they were down 3-1, you know, watching those games with him. So every game after that, I said, hey, it's tradition. you got to watch it because otherwise there's a chance they could lose. Oh, yeah. So I don't know why. You have to stay with it. Yeah. You don't want to jinx it. You don't want to change anything. Yeah. And the Cavs won. I didn't change my socks and underwear for like a week and a half. I mean, no big deal or something like that. So, yeah. I like to think I was part of that victory as well, too, as you were. So I I believe I was. And, you know, I I tried to turn turn my head away so Tony couldn't see. But I was was tearing up after after the final buzzer. Yeah. And so was Brandon. And I have no shame in that. No. That's a big moment, man. And and think about even, too, for anybody who is a Cleveland fan who had the drought of – 
60 years or whatever it was. That was, I mean, I've watched a lot of Cleveland teams, back to Mark Price and Brad Darty and Craig Elo, and they've had a lot of heartbreak, NBA, NFL, whatever it may be. So for him to come back home after the way he left and then to win a championship there, to be 100% honest, the disappointing thing now is I thought that was like the first of a couple. And hindsight being 2020, obviously it didn't work out that way. And part of that is, you know, the Steph Curry and the Warriors that you mentioned yeah. earlier, but just man, watching the internal feuding of the Kyrie situation in the front desk, and it was tough to watch how it went down. So to see mm-hmm. him in a Lakers jersey now is like odd to me. But for his career, I, I think he's going to transition into the next stage of his life after he's done with basketball. And I think it was an intelligent move. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I really don't like him going to the Lakers. I wish it could have worked out in Cleveland, but I mean, I get it. You yeah. know, w- when he made the transition, he's he's thinking he's going to L.A. with Magic Johnson. Right. That hasn't worked out. No. So it's we'll get we'll get to some of that Kyrie stuff and that stuff in a second. But I want to know what are your worst sports moments in person and on tv so the worst moment i'll start with on tv and it's funny because it was actually once again with your brother and it would have been this season and there's probably some other ones that you know could be in this conversation but we went to watch the unc versus L first game of the year right oh, yeah and so we go to bubba's and we're eating and it's not bad food it's and UNC is just starting out terrible. And I'm like, man, this is getting ugly. And they just never turn it on. And it ends up being the worst home loss in Roy Williams' era. And Brandon was very cordial about it and didn't really – obviously, you know, he was happy when they were scoring and he was one – but he never rubbed it in my face or anything. But losing 83-62, to 62, that was a pretty tough loss to swallow. And then uh, probably my worst live moment moment actually isn't one. I was thinking about this when you asked that. This isn't one that I think affects me internally or emotionally or anything. I just remember being there and feeling the energy in the stadium and the arena and remember feeling something different than what I've ever felt. But it was 2002. I believe it was the Sweet 16 game, but it was in the NCAA tournament. They were playing at Rupp Arena, so it made it even worse, but it was Duke versus IU. IU was down by 17 at one point during that game, and then Jay Williams, talking about your choking and the T-shirts being too tight earlier, ends up missing a free throw at the end of the game, which, you know, IU, granted, they came out and won that game, but that was one when I left the arena that night. I remember feeling in my head like, okay, did IU win that game or did Duke just lose that game? So, yeah, that was probably the worst moment that I witnessed live. And, obviously, I'm a UNC fan, so I was good with it. I wouldn't say happy because I wasn't an IU fan, but I was definitely happy that Duke wasn't coming out of there victorious. And Duke was trying to um, go back-to-back national championships that year. And it looked like on paper they were going to do that. So, yeah interesting evening so why was that your worst since you're not a duke fan just because it's like i said i've never seen anything like it for them to be down 17 you could feel it it was a duke heavy crowd even though it's in rupp arena 
which we're what an hour and a half away from it so and we're an hour and a half away from bloomington on a long end i'd say it's two and a half hours probably from bloomington roughly to rup and duke fans outnumbered iu fans two to one easy so it was like i said you could just feel it in there for me i wasn't mad about it but i remember being like yeah you can't lose a game like that that's has to be my worst live moment i've Uh, ever seen it was just ugly to watch basically yeah yeah pissing the game away yeah so you know my my worst in person actually i believe brandon was with me at this time also i'm I'm pretty sure he was and my brother matt was and i want to say joey and smitty i I don't remember who else i feel like there was several of us that's a good crowd right there though. yeah it it was several so we went up to um great american watched the reds and the braves play which i'm a braves fan have been my whole life okay so i honestly don't remember a whole lot about the game uh I know the Braves were up for a while. I think the Reds tied it and went to the bottom of the ninth. And we're sitting left field, like second level, like second row, first or second row. It was decent seats. You know, you could see the whole field. Well, it gets uh, towards the end of the game, one or two outs in the ninth inning, and the Reds walk off on the Braves. (laughs) And I remember just – as soon as it happened, you know, the Reds fans are going crazy. I believe Joey's a Reds fan, so he was happy. I, if I remember right, me and Matt are not happy. Right. So I remember walking out, and I just walked straight to the car. I didn't even look. Even, I don't even think I looked back at our party to see if they were behind me. I'm like, I'm just going to the car. I'm going to get <laughs> out of here. They can find their own ride to home. I wasn't, oh, it was awful. No. Getting walked off on. And I hate, I hate the Reds, and I hate Great American. To me, the Reds are like watching Big Ten basketball oh. or watching the Pacers. It's like I, I don't – you yeah. all are horrible. I don't want to watch you play. It's like yeah. watching the Reds play is like watching white dudes shoot 15-foot jump shots. <laughs> it, it, it's horrible. I don't want to see it. That's a great analogy, though. I love that analogy. I hate it. So that, Well, that, they had a good couple of years, what, three or four years ago the Reds did? And then obviously they're pushing now where they want to be something good. They've had some good pieces. But it's like you said, overall, you look at the Reds franchise, yeah. Losing to the Reds is not something you want to put on your resume. No, I didn't like it, especially getting walked off. If it was just you know they spanked them, I would have been more. I would have been better with it than get you know watching them walk off on us. Yeah. So, oh man. So that my my worst on TV, and this, I I literally lost sleep on this one. Oh. I could not sleep after this game. I laid in bed and staring at the ceiling, just so unbelievably mad. I think I slept about two hours that night and had to go to work the next morning. Oh. And At least you didn't have nightmares, right? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have nightmares, but I, I would have of this. And this was game one of the 2018 NBA Finals. Oh, man. I know where this is going, and, Mr. JR. Oh, my God. The, so the game's what tied with three or four seconds left. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Uh, it was it wasn't LeBron shooting free throws. I can't remember who it was. Jumpert maybe. Uh, it no, might have been. No. It might have been Love, but it was Love. Somebody, somebody shooting free throws. It doesn't yeah. matter. It was the Cavs who were shooting it, it, free yeah. throws for sure. And Jr. is lined up to get a rebound. Well, they miss the free throw. It goes right in his hands. All he has to do is hit his three foot layup, bunny. Give me shot. Yeah. And he just dribbles out because he's an idiot, and he doesn't know what the score is. He doesn't know how much time's left. He doesn't know where he's at. And they don't get a shot off, and they have to go to overtime. They end up losing in overtime. And I think the series was over 
as soon as that game was over. Yeah, because I was in Golden State. That was at Golden State. Yep. LeBron had 51, <sighs> 8, and 8, and they lost. Yeah. And LeBron, LeBron tried to call for the ball up at the top, too. He, I think he knew. I, I thought at first JR was trying to get it to somebody else because it's like it's not his game typically. So I thought either A, he's running to the three where he's going to be open, or B, he's swinging up top to LeBron to hit because he was on fire the whole game. But, no, he literally just kept it. It looked like he was looking for a foul and then going to go hit free throws. And like you said, he, he did not realize the score. I don't care what anybody says. He did not know the score. No. He choked. He's awful, and all he had to do was put it back. I, I really think – I don't know if they would have won the championship, but I think that series would have been 100% different if the Cavs won that game. Oh, yeah. You, you win game one on the road, so you got to win three out of six. Yep. Three of those games are at home. Could you see how deflated they were the next game <laughs> oh, coming it, out oh, even it too? it was over. Yeah. I mean, and LeBron, you know, I don't think it's, it's a good thing, but he, he could tell he was just – he was like, what, "What am I doing? Like, who are yeah. these guys? What, what? This is a it was it's a joke." Well, he had played so many minutes throughout that year, and then obviously in the games in the playoffs, he was playing a lot of minutes. And I mean, he was playing against some physical teams too. So he was getting beat up, and uh, it was like all of it broke on that moment. He was like, "Man, I've only got you know a quarter tank left of gas, and yeah. I'm not about to burn myself out on this." And that was the first time he played all 82 games. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he led the league in minutes. Yeah. At 32, 33 years old. So that that was by far the worst moment I'd ever watched on TV. I could not go to sleep. I was so mad. I I knew I was hopeful, but I knew it was over. As soon as that game yeah. was over, I, I I just knew it was over. It's You did have that feeling where it was like, okay, that's not a good and, – and it felt like it slipped out of your hands too. So not only did the series feel over, but it was just frustration in that one game that was like, okay, um, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, so, you know, <clears throat> that that was my worst moment. Uh, and, you know, talking about the Cavs and, and the championship, there's a situation with uh, Kyrie Irving, I think we should talk about. Yeah, uh, former Cav. Yeah, former Cav, Kyrie Irving in the, in the playoffs. So, uh, the playoffs right now, Milwaukee is up 3-1 right now. Correct. Uh, it's not looking good for Boston. Uh, no, after Boston winning that first game, since then it's been a downhill slide pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so what, what are your thoughts on the NBA playoffs, just an overview? What, East and West, who do you think is going to advance? How do you think the games have gone? Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting because I think this is one of the few years that pretty much all you could scratch the teams in. You know, think about you've got one versus four, you've got three versus two in both the East and the West. So no upsets in the first round, even though the first couple of games were looking like there was going to be the potential for that. I think the Philly-Toronto series is very, very interesting to me, but the games really, some of them haven't been that close. And then to see the two teams in the West, uh, or the four teams, but the two games in the West be 2-2 and 2-3, to me that's somewhat surprising as well too. So I'd say obviously, like you said, the Milwaukee-Boston series, I'm thinking is probably over. I think Milwaukee probably wins that tonight. <clears throat> and I think the game starts at 8 o'clock, so it probably just started. Yeah. 
I'm hoping, you know, I was born in Allentown, PA, close to Philadelphia. I'm hoping, biasly, Philly can come back and make a run and beat Toronto. But I'll tell you, the Marcus Gasol and Bede matchup is key. And then, obviously, what Kawhi is able to do to Ben Simmons, I don't see anybody else in the NBA mm-hmm. get Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons has been averaging like eight or nine turnovers, and he hasn't even played full games because they've gotten blown out in a couple of those games. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. And then the West, you know, I do think Golden State is still the favorite, but I love that Houston is at least pushing them. I think Houston has a style of play that can compete with Golden State. With that being said, I'm still going to take Golden State in seven and then uh, at home, and then I'm hoping that wears on them, and I'm hoping Denver goes ahead and closes the series out and gets up you know, to four wins over Portland uh, tomorrow night. That way they're fresh and ready for Golden State. But that's my thoughts on it. We'll, we'll see what actually happens. Yeah, I, I think the winner of the Golden State-Houston uh, series is the winner of the NBA Finals. I think that's a pre-NBA Finals there. So and you think they're champions or you think they're going to the They're, fi- they're going to go to the Finals and they're going to win the Finals. Yeah. Whoever wins that series. And I like that. I think Milwaukee might hopefully give them at least a good series in the finals, whoever that may be. But I agree with you; that's probably the case. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening any other way. But you know, Kyrie. <clears throat> we've been talking about Kyrie. Uh, I believe their season will end tonight, uh, and I think Kyrie is gone from Boston. Yeah, and. I believe he's going to go to the Lakers next year Yeah, to play with LeBron. I think he's realized, hey, uh, I don't have any help in here in, in Boston. The coach is great. The team, you know, they have some good players. But, you know, Gordon Hayward is supposed to be this fantastic player. He averaged 11.5 points this year. He's making a lot of money, too. 11.5 points. Yeah. I mean, what is that? I played against Gordon in high school, and he's a great player, but when you compare him to the other NBA players, I don't know if he should be making what he – and it's obviously the injury last year, so I can't yeah. blame him. But Yeah, but he, but he still played in 72 games this year. Yeah. And he only averaged 11.5. That's terrible. And I mean, come playoff time, that's the time where you've got to be like, okay, I don't care what happened during the season. You've got to step up. What do you have, five points last game? Oh, that's, no, 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 no. He had two. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. Five, that's what it was. One for five, I think, is what his shooting was. Yeah, he, he played 27 minutes, and he had two points. Yeah. Shot the ball five times. I mean, that's an all-star. That's, Can't happen that's when you're making. a semi-max player? No yeah, way. Yeah, $30 million or whatever it is. Yeah, and the game before that, he played 33 minutes and had 10 points. Yeah. I mean, it's a non-factor. This is a role player. This is a sixth or seventh man off your bench stats. Yeah. This is not – this is not – a supporting cast for Kyrie. Kyrie is, I think, is the best point guard in the league. I think he's his skill set is unbelievable. Yeah. So I think he's realizing, hey, maybe I should go back and play with LeBron and try to get further in the playoffs. They'll probably make another trade midseason and maybe have three, a new big three in LA. Or even two, there's some people in the offseason who will be available. I mean, obviously the Anthony Davis situation is interesting to any team, whether that be Boston or L.A. And then obviously Kawhi is up. And then um, 
Clay is available Clay. as well too potentially. Uh, oh, I would love Clay. You know, yeah. Clay, Kyrie, and LeBron. Of course, if they AD would have to be a trade, it wouldn't be just a signing because he's still under contract. Correct. So I think, but writing's on the wall where it looks like he will be traded in the off season because if you get to the deadline, his value is just going to be nothing. David Griffin, actually the former GM of Cleveland, is yeah. now their GM at the Pelicans as well too, yeah. and I think he does a great job. So he's came out right away and said, "Hey." We're not. It's not a foregone conclusion where we're going to trade him, but I can bet my bottom dollar. He's saying that to get the market up on him, so he can. You know, it's like yeah. a poker face type deal. Yeah. So I, I really think Kyrie's going to end up in LA, and I, that's what I'm hoping. I just want some people around LeBron. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had injury this year. It's unfortunate. I mean, they were. F- I think they were fourth in the West when he got injured. And he ended up missing 30 games total in the season. Yeah. So, obviously it didn't end well. First time he's missed the playoffs in, I don't know, 12-something years. It's amazing. So, and it's the first time he's not been in the finals for eight or nine. So, you know, I haven't even really watched much NBA playoffs at all since the Barnes not in there. So I've watched a little bit here and there, but, you know, it doesn't get me excited the way it does when LeBron's in there. I heard a stat, though, that they were saying viewing percentage is down 31% this year, and the only thing that they were willing to contribute that to was the fact that LeBron wasn't in the playoffs. What else What else would it be? Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the LeBron factor. It's the Tiger factor. I mean, look at the Masters. I mean, yep. it's just people want stars in there they want the best of the best that's what they want to see yeah expectations are high for those guys and that's tough to live up to and unfortunately this year like you said with braun getting injured you know that's my question is i wonder if they would have been able to make it without him getting injured you have to say the percentages are extremely high but you look at an eight seed well first of all you look at denver being a two seed that was not projected before the season and then you look at an eight seed the san antonio spurs yeah Man, it would have been tough for them to squeak in there. And then Portland playing the way they did at the end of the season. So it's going to be an uphill battle for them next year to even make it in the playoffs. And like you said, this offseason and early next year is going to be key for them. They're going to need some pieces. Mm -hmm. I think Kyrie is – I think he's probably going to be a Nick with uh, KD. But that's all speculation. I do agree with you in the sense I was thinking mindset. And what does Kyrie want right now? He's already got the money. He's got big contracts. He's already been a secondary fiddle. He's also already been the man. Now he wants to go somewhere where he can try to win some more championships, I think. So New York could potentially be that place if they can get some free agents to come to a big market. The only downside of it is whether it's L.A., whether it's New York, whether it's some random one that we're not even mentioning – Kyrie doesn't do great with media, and man, I can only imagine if he's in either of those two cities how that's going to go. I mean, he he couldn't handle it in Cleveland. He can't handle it in Boston, and now going to New York or L.A., oh my goodness, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, but, you know, if he if he goes to one of those two places, he's not going to be the best player on the team. Yeah. So it's either going to be LeBron or KD. And maybe that'll help him out. I don't know if he's back True. with LeBron. That could help. Uh, you know, he's he's used to it. He knows what him and, him and LeBron. I think's relationship is better than it was right after they let he left. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, going to the Knicks is interesting. I don't know if he will or not. I don't know if KD. I think KD is going to leave Golden State, but I don't know if he's going to end up in in New York. It's pretty right. It looks like he probably will. Nobody wants to go to New York. That's the thing. Like, New York's so bad. But yeah, you know, they're they're getting they have some nice pieces. Young I mean, pieces. Knox, 
Yeah, Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell their Robinson, big guy, yeah. is a good piece. Yeah, they they got some players, so uh, you know it's a it's a possibility. But that's why I love what June slash early July yeah. is all these signings. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you Set can my kind of see on a Twitter. picture. Yeah, of what the NBA is going to be. It's interesting though because it's like you said. They've got some pieces, but overall they find a way to lose always. And the way that big guys have been treated there, mellow, you know, da-da-da-da-da, go on the list. I, I don't know if anybody will sign there, but it's sounding like they both will. So those two together would be a lethal combination yeah. and probably one of the funnest teams to watch. I, you know, you got Dennis Smith Jr., who's could have been a potential dunk champion mm-hmm. as well, too. Yep. Like you said, Kevin Knox, a local kid from Rupp. Um, he's, I, he's I, good. I like him. He's he's all right. Yeah. I think he's got a great game. Yeah, he's got to keep improving. That's the thing. He he's wants young. To be what good. is he? Twenty? Yeah, probably. So, yeah, I mean he he's young. Yeah. So, you know, we'll wait and see here in a few weeks. Yep. But you know, talking about that Boston Milwaukee game, that it takes me. We're going to do some locks of the week, and I did not consult with Brandon, but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give his lock of the week good. for him. And you know, if it doesn't work out. Too bad for him. Yeah, if it hits, it's not going to count. If it, it no, doesn't no, no, no. hit, it's count. It counts. It counts if it hits. Or maybe you could use this as a tiebreaker. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that because I don't, I don't want a mullet. That's the only reason I'm saying that. So I feel like if he was here, you know, maybe he could have at least missed. So, yeah, I'm just saying that sarcastically. I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing either him or I in a mullet. And now oh. I'm starting to think, why did we make that bet? But it was already set in stone. So Well, I am most certainly looking forward to it. <laughs> and I'm actually going to go ahead and offer my wife's haircutting service for oh. free to the loser. That's beautiful. So you can come to my house. Uh, Bethany doesn't know, but she will cut your all's hair into a mullet. Yeah. S- slash, uh, I, you know what? I, I was thinking about this. Listen, you all. I think that the winner should choose what the other person gets. Oh, so it man. should be, you know, mullet is a given. So mullet, and they should choose the facial hair. Okay. I thought you were going, have you seen Impractical Jokers? Yeah, where they? Yeah. That's what I was worried about you were going, where Not you like just a, get free reign. No. That could get. I think mullet is, is satisfied. Is, you know, yeah. that's good. But, you know, I think they should choose the facial hair, too. I like that, too, because we already had that conversation briefly where we had some ideas, and I think uh, he can grow much better facial hair than I can. So, like, that's, once again, anything that I can put a little check mark next to my name, you know, yeah. that, that'll help me. But, you know, I'd love to see Brandon with a mullet and a mustache. So, <laughs> uh, so Bethany will. She does, the old Ron Jeremy. Yeah, huh? yeah. So, I, I don't know if Bethany will listen to this or not, but uh, I'm volunteering her services at my house. For awesome. Free. So, well, thank you, Bethany, in advance for that. Yeah, I'm for, sure she's going to entertain us while uh, having a good time cutting our hair. Yeah, for the mullet. Yeah. So, oh, but anyway, lock of the week. I'm taking tonight. The game's already on right now. We haven't even checked the score. So, nope. Uh, and you told me the score, or you told me before, so it was yeah. locked in no matter what it was is happening. It was locked in 30 minutes ago before the game started. So Milwaukee, uh, what, plus eight, eight and a half? Yes. Uh, the, over Boston tonight. Boston season is over tonight. That's my lock of the week. Uh, I'm sorry, that's my lock of the week substituting for Brandon's lock of the week. (laughs) And it is 100% locked. And that stinks because it's like I told you, I I think Milwaukee is going to win that game. So my only prayer will be, please let it be extremely close. Let it come down to the wire. Maybe like I'm seeing some bad three-pointer hit at the end or some random foul that makes free throws that cuts it to like eight points right at that end. The half point is going to be the deal breaker. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm going tomorrow. 
tomorrow night. So I'm going Denver over Portland. And I told you, this one kind of has me a little bit worried because Denver is a four-point underdog. And I get that it's at Portland, and I get that it's do or die. But I think Denver is the better team. I think matchup-wise, they've got Torrey Craig, who's guarding Lillard at an outstanding rate, and I don't mm-hmm. think many people can do that. you got Malik Beasley coming in off the bench. They still have tiny Isaiah Thomas on the bench not playing at all, which I love as well, too. I, I love that also because I yeah. can't stand Isaiah Thomas. He is a crybaby in some other words. Yeah. It feels bad because, you know, he did have a gruesome injury with his hip, and then, you know, he lost his sister and played his heart out and everything. But, man, he's just not like I don't think he's a piece that's going to help you win games and some of those young players you know Gary Harris Malik Beasley Monte Morris Torrey Craig those guys are valuable pieces in the NBA so um, yeah I'm taking Denver with the four points I think they're going to win it outright but I'm taking the four points just in case tomorrow night at 10 30 on ESPN yep yep which Speaking of ESPN, I think it wasn't I think there were some fights. Wasn't it on ESPN Plus this past weekend? It is. Which all the UFC ones are on US or ESPN, ESPN Plus, yeah. not USPN. Yeah, I, I, I did not get to watch them. I know you did, yep. and I did see some highlights uh, of the Raymond Daniels gentleman, yeah. who uh, did something amazing. Yeah, uh, it was amazing to watch. Uh, well, What's, tell me about that. So Raymond Daniels was actually Bellator, but the, the yeah. fight in UFC that I enjoyed, the only one that's worth really touching on is Donald Cerrone over Ally Aquina. Ally Aquina lost to Khabib, who's the champion at 155, but he's the guy who kind of gave Khabib the biggest test and had some shining moments. Cerrone went up to 170 at one point in time, now is back down to 155. He also, we talked about it last week, has a change in mentality since he's got a young son. I think his name is uh daxon danger which i thought that's an awesome if you're gonna be a ufc fighter's yeah. son and your name is daxon danger you, you better have, watch out yeah, for this kid you gotta have that danger in there yeah so that was only one worth commenting on out of the ufc card in my opinion there were some other ones that were good fights but no big names and then this raymond daniels general gentleman and i can't remember i think he's got a kickboxing background but it might be karate mm-hmm. um But, man, the highlight of the fight of the night was that knockout. And um, I'll let you kind of set it up because you were telling me about it even from watching it. Yeah, you know, I just watched that little portion. and you know, Well, that's all the fight was, to be honest. It was a one-round fight. Oh, it's still first round. Yeah, yeah, that came at like two minutes roughly in the fight, two or three minutes left. So they're basically getting timing and sizing each other up for a little while. And then he lays the boom on this guy. Uh, I know he did this like spinning back kick and hit him. I want to say midsection or so, something Correct. like that. Knocks yep. him down. Went goes into the cage. I think he does the ref step in and get him get him up or no 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 no. no. Uh, Raymond Daniels tells him to get up. I believe. Yep. And then it was he, like a video game yeah. gesture. Go ahead, get back yeah. up there. And I'm like, oh no, don't do it, oh, don't do man. it. And usually you see something like that, and you're like, oh, this guy's gonna get knocked out, like the dude who, yeah. doing the gesture because he's you know he's being a tool. Yep. And he comes in and tries to throw up. I believe he tries to throw a punch, or maybe it's a kick, and then he spins once, spins again, and when that spin ends, it ends with his fist (laughs) in the dude's face, and the dude just lost consciousness immediately. It was it, brutal. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And we'll, we'll post the video on the Facebook page. It's a great it idea. It was awesome. Yeah. It, it, I, I wish I was there. I wish I was in the front row. 
because he spun, did a 720, and fist went straight to face, and the dude was gone. The sound involved, I told you, whenever he hits the guy, like you could tell two things. He knew right away that that fight was over. Like he didn't even turn and look back at the guy. He hits him, and he walks off. And you knew right away that the ref knew that that fight was over. And you watch him. Unfortunately, I don't like seeing somebody injured badly, but that's fighting. And you're watching him basically seizure on the ground because he got hit so hard. I mean, his lights got shut off. So, yeah, and you're exactly right. He threw what they're called as feints or fakes. And so he's throwing stuff setting up that punch. And it's amazing that it worked. But the thing was, like you said, what really set all that up was the sidekick to the solar plexus or the sternum area, which knocked him down. So think about it. He's, you know, if you're that person, you're trying to control your breathing. You're mm-hmm. trying to stand back up. This dude can technically come jump on you on the ground. So you're being cautious of that. And then the next thing you know, you see this guy ninja samurai spinning around. And all of a sudden, whack, you wake up on the ground. You're like, what just happened? Yeah, it was yeah. brutal. You know what? You know what I consider that? I consider that a power move. Yes. Big time power move. That's a power move. Yep. Which takes us to our, the next segment, which is power moves. BJ, do you have a power move? I do. And, and I love the power move segment. I'm so glad we initially put it in here. I think, like you said, tough to say anything else besides Raymond Daniels, Daniels as being the most power move of the week. But I do have another thing. I'm big into shoes, and I love shoes. And there's an interesting thing that's going on currently. There's some Jordan Retro ones that are Travis Scott editions, right? He's a rapper. I don't know a ton about him. I'm not going to act like I do, right? Yeah. With that being said, there's shoes that are sneaking out. There's a Memphis factory for Nike. There's shoes that are sneaking out of the factory where people are leaving the boxes in the factory, but they're taking the actual shoes out of the factory. They're selling these shoes, and I'm on a lot of these websites, so I see them going around Facebook Marketplace and stuff, and they're selling them for like $1.6,000. So they're getting $1. them for 6, free. $1.6,000? So you mean like yeah. $1,600? $1,600 is okay. exactly I didn't know you did the $1.6,000. Six for thousands and not millions. So. You don't, but it, sound, think it about sounds. Think about it. Sounds better. It sounds yeah. cool. One point six thousand. Okay. Yeah. I, so whenever I see it on Facebook too, I've seen it like you said, where it says sixteen hundred one comma six zero zero, or if you see the one point six k power move yeah. in yeah. itself, right there, okay. right. But with that being said, so these people are getting them for free. Granted, they're risking their livelihood, their you know freedom. Yeah. They're risking all of yeah. this for and sixteen hundred bucks. Selling them for. 1600 bucks but i just look there's something out that's called stock x and it's basically a marketplace for shoes so it shows the value of what shoes are going to be at roughly and where they're at currently they're selling and even though they've only came out once so far which was like a silent drop nobody knew they were going to drop them they only sold a certain amount of pairs of them they're down to like 800 dollars right now so that guy is making a killing off this is gaining exposure because now people like I've seen him all over these posts. People are knowing who this guy is. They're asking him for shoes in the future and he sells life insurance for a living is what he actually oh. does. So I'm like, dude, this is he might need to take some out on yeah, himself. He, he needs some some extra on himself. Yeah. Wow. So that's my power move of the week is the Travis Scott ones. People are selling them for, you know, sixteen hundred dollars and the real value is probably eight hundred, and that's probably gonna go down in a while once they yeah. release again. So still yeah. quite a bit for a pair of shoes. Yeah. And I think retail on them is under two hundred dollars. 
dollars. So yeah, think about it. Actually, buy them from a store if you actually get there and buy them from a store. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've actually obviously I'm not on here often. It's been since episode twenty nine since I've been on here. But I have a power move from a couple weeks ago. I've had in my pocket. I've been I've you know thought about telling Brandon about it because it's it's a. Uh, it's a it's a good power move, but well, I'm I, glad it worked out this way. Then you yeah. you had mentioned it to me the other day when we talked, and I've been excited ever since. And intentionally, I did not ask you what it was because I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, so I uh, I currently coach my son Theodore's uh, baseball team. Okay, and uh, it's coach pitch, which I I pitch to him, and. Cool slash t-ball so if they can't hit off of me after five or six pitches then we'll we'll set the tee up and let them hit off the tee right i I just get out of the way so it's one of the first anyway it's one of the first practices and uh one of the kids on my team uh he's the smallest kid on the team and the smallest five-year-old uh i've ever seen oh man uh like my daughter eleanor who's four is like twice his size oh I, i mean this kid probably weighs 35 pounds Jamie i don't know he's he, you know his dad's like 6 3 220 really and this kid is like 3 0 35 pounds he, he is tiny so you're saying the mailman's been dropping yeah. more than the packages yeah. off I, I don't know i don't yeah. know i don't know about that but he's this kid's tiny he's a good kid whatever so it's one of our first practices and i'm teaching him how to hit we're just hitting straight off the tee and he's tiny. We've got the smallest bat we have, and he's choking up on the smallest bat we have. He almost needs like a Louisville Slugger one you get oh. from the factory at the end. Yeah, I'm trying to picture this in my head, and I can see once you said that, I've got the perspective you now. Know, one of those would be like a, about good size for him. Anyway, oh, so man. I'm teaching him the hit. I'm talking about. I'm like, you know, keep your eye on the ball, watch the ball the whole time. This is on the tee. Yeah, I said, you know, keep showing where his elbow needs to be, all this stuff. And I said, you know. All you need to do is swing your hands right through the ball. So don't worry about the bat. Don't think about the bat. Hit the ball with your hands. That's, yeah. how, that's how you teach people how to hit. Giving them the fundamentals. If right? you just hit the ball with your hands, try to hit that ball literally with your hands, and you will hit the ball every time. Yeah. So I'm telling you, you know, just swing it. Hit that ball with your hands. Swing right through it. So he looks up at me. I step back away from him, you know. Uh, he looks up at me and, uh, you know, puts his bats on his shoulder and he rears back and he smacks that ball <laughs> with his actual hand. <laughs> Just doing what coach said. He, he did exactly what I told him to do and s- <laughs> drilled this ball off the tee with his hand. Oh, and, man. And every parent is watching. I'm like ten feet away from the parents outside the fence, you know. Yeah. And I'm just I just put my head in my hand. I'm like, oh my god, what is good? You know, I had to laugh. I mean, this little five year old kid. I'm like, hit it with your hands, you know. Tell, thinking he just needs to swing the bat through the ball, try to hit the ball with his hands, with the bat in his hands. He just puts the bat on his shoulder and smacks the ball, and it goes rolling in the dirt with his actual hand. Everybody's cracking up. So, Braden, five year old in my baseball team. Yeah. Uh, you get the you get my power move. That's impressive. And now he's got a long life coming ahead of him where this is documented and this is going to be in the internet forever. So his senior (laughs) year of high school, he's going to look back on this and have a great memory. So when he's playing in the bigs and dropping bombs and hitting doubles. With his hands. Yeah, with his hands. (laughs) (laughs) With his hands. So I I had to give that power move out because... 
you know, actually, as soon as I, he hit it and I saw it rolling in the dirt, I'm like, that's a power move. Yeah. There's no question. That's a power move. That's a great power he move. He did what he was told. Yeah. He smacked that ball with his hands. And he probably was going to beat out the run on first because being that little, <laughs> they ain't throwing it there in time. He's going to make it. So, yeah, that's a base hit, Coach. Uh, yeah. I wonder, hey, what happens? That's I mean, if you're swinging and it hits your hands and it goes inbounds, you, you run still, right? Um. In baseball or in t- this league? Yeah, baseball. baseball. I mean, I'm sure T-ball, I don't know. Uh, I believe, yeah, if it's in fair territory, I believe it's a fair ball. Because I know for sure it doesn't count as uh, it being a hit batter because if you're swinging through, that automatically yeah. negates that. Yeah. So, yeah, if it hits you on the hands or the butt of the bat, I bet you you run it out. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty sure you do. Yeah. So just play it as it lies then. Uh, but but he there was no bat involved in this. It yeah. was just literally hand-smacking <laughs> yeah. ball. So, yeah, that was awesome. Good thing you weren't. I was thinking this too. Good thing you weren't pitching to him whenever that happened, because that probably <laughs> would have hurt a lot worse. Broken fingers. You know, I, mean, I don't throw that fast. I, I you know, right. I, Give I hold a little back toss. a little bit. Yeah, I hold back a little bit. I don't throw as fast as I possibly can. One day we come out there and it's old Ryan. Give him the heater. He's throwing eighty miles per hour, just Ooh. striking kids out. That'd 80s, be awesome. Eighties out of my range, especially yeah. now. But so, you know, this is beef's beef. And I have a I, I brought a beef with me. I love it. Two beefs, beef, and I I've heard you and Brandon both talk about this, and it makes me mad every time. Uh oh. So my beef is with Brandon. Oh, and, I already know and, where this is going. AKA by the way. beef and BJ. <laughs> Hey, I just ride on his coattails. Duly noted, I have not heard what this is going to be, and I already know where you're going. When he says it, I go along with it. But I actually played this sport when I was younger. (laughs) Okay, so my beef is with both of you and when you trash on soccer. Yes, I knew it. I knew it was going (laughs) there. Okay, Okay, you've played the sport. True. Have you ever been to a soccer match? Uh, Like non-high school, like semi-professional or professional anything like that i can honestly say i haven't we've got that louisville fc team and uh yep. one of my neighbors was their uh mental coach he's a, he's like a psychologist and stuff former neighbor and he had tickets and my little nephew is a pretty decent soccer player who lives with me and and uh we thought about going to it but we never got a chance Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I don't like you all trashing on soccer because yeah. soccer is amazing. I hear it's a pretty interesting it's environment. unbelievable. And I, I'm not even talking about just watching it in person, just watching it on TV. Yeah. If you pay attention to the plays, the sets, whatever you want to call them, and watch how these goals and how this stuff develops and the just the unbelievable ability of some of these players – you can really appreciate the skill yeah. and, and, and the, the craft that they have. And, you know, I watched I watched the uh, World Cup every time it comes on, every four years. And I'll whenever soccer's on, you know, I'll try to watch a match. I don't, I don't even have a favorite team. I just like watching good soccer. Yeah. So, you know, I have been to a Louisville, Louisville game before. And I want you – I'll pay for your ticket. We'll go to a Louisville FC game. Okay. And – I think you'll enjoy it. Change my mind. Yeah. I think you'll like it. Uh, Brandon, I'm not even going to try because he's, uh, he, <laughs> he's doesn't, he hasn't even heard this yet, and he's already saying no. Yeah. Uh, like he did, I just got a text from him. He said, yeah. no, I hate soccer. Yeah. He hasn't even heard this. I so, could definitely see that, by the way. He, he will not change his mind no matter how good of a time we were to have there. I'll tell you what. I used to use it to get in shape for basketball, but this is a true story. 
my eighth grade year, I, I grew up playing. My dad was a basketball coach. I grew up in the gym. Basketball is my one true love. My eighth grade year, I came to my parents and said to them, Mom and Dad, I'm quitting basketball, and I'm going to solely focus on soccer. <laughs> now, the funniest thing about that was that was actually my last year of playing soccer because then I ended up transferring to New Albany High School and realized quickly at New Albany, if you didn't focus on what your best sport was, you were going to get left behind pretty quickly. Yeah, so, way more competition. Oh, my goodness. Their soccer team was on a different level than what I was used to, but I loved it, man. And it was uh, – I played all th- – I played midfielder. I played forward. I played goalie. I also grew up – I would say my favorite soccer was we used to have a place that was actually – before Nolan Fieldhouse was mm-hmm. – the basketball courts, they had indoor soccer there. Oh, nice. And indoor soccer is like the greatest thing in the world because you're not supposed to really check people or anything like that, but you can kind of get a little bit more physical. And even though I was a skinnier individual, there was always a little bit something about uh, in soccer, I was one of the bigger kids at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Taller, and you give, give, give some elbows. Oh, and the, yeah. the field's much smaller, it too, is. right? Yeah. It's a whole different field, to be honest. It's a completely yeah. different game strategy is different and then the moves you could do my favorite move was giving the inside out and then kicking mm-hmm. off the wall and going around somebody oh, I forgot about the wall yeah beautiful yeah and you know yeah you don't have to pass as, as much you're not you're not yeah. backtracking you're not doing all the stuff it's, it's attack basically yeah yeah they also had lines the one weird rule that they had extra was it was almost like think about a basketball court how they have the volleyball lines there was two lines on the indoor soccer field that you could not pass if you were behind one of those lines so like if you were the goalie a defender you could not pass to somebody who was in front of the other line so not only was there offsides but there was oh. that that changed the game up a lot so it's like you said you had to be more skillful and it really there was a local teams javanon was always mm-hmm. by far the best team and then there was mockingbird which is the actual facility that has indoor soccer too that had a team but yeah those were the two teams who kicked my butt a lot of times but yeah i'm with you soccer soccer is fun um it would be interesting i haven't watched a game in a while i did see today that tottenham won and I saw that because I watched Steve Nash crying. It was like you mentioned with the Cavs, and <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. crying tears of joy. So yeah, I'll give I'll give soccer its fair chance. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I love it. I love watching it. And my my two younger daughters play soccer, and you know one of them's kind of like soccer because she's four. So you know their practice they practice for like thirty minutes, and they play a game. There's no goalie. The net's small. You know it's it's yep. not really soccer, but it's cool my other daughter plays and she she plays goalie and she plays she plays forward sometimes so you know it's still her coach is not good by the way uh, but <laughs> yeah. classic little league oh, coaches gosh, right it, it kills me and yeah. uh, i mean i don't i'm not i don't know a whole lot about soccer but i know enough to where i'm like this guy's terrible so yeah maybe i'll end up coaching soccer at some point also but i'm there you go for that but Nah, you don't have to be in shape yeah. to be a coach. You just got to tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Did you bring a beef? I do. And before I get into beef, you were talking about bad coaches. Yeah. My little nephew once scored 17 goals in a game. <laughs> so you want to talk that's, about – That's bad coaching. Like, you yeah. Need, at some point, you need to pull him <laughs> and tell him to have mercy. Well, they were trying to put him on defense. He doesn't understand. It's literally a mosh pit for the ball is what it ends up. He plays in the YMCA league over here. Yeah. And he just – I mean, he he was bigger, faster, better. I mean, he he's a kid who, like uh, – 
when he wants to do something, he really, really focuses on it. Like he's got a little tykes hoop in his house, and mm-hmm. he'll practice the same move ten times in a row, and then he'll call his big sister up, and he'll make that move on her. And I'm like, okay, this kid's going to be good at something. Yeah. What, whatever it may be, I'm hoping basketball selfishly. But looks like soccer, he's got a potential career. And then if his mother would ever let him, he would be a superstar on the football field too. Yeah. So well, You wouldn't blame her if she didn't. Yeah. 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 And my kids have not gotten to that kind of uh, competitiveness at all. Of course, it's the first year of them playing any sports. But, you know, most of the time it's us doing outdoor stuff, not sports, uh, which I tend to do. I take them fishing a I lot like it. Yeah. In, the, in the spring, in the summer. Even took my daughter hunting for the first time this past year. I mean, nice. It was just squirrel hunting, but and she was miserable. <laughs> but you know, I'm getting them out there. That's a a non athletic sport, I guess you could say. Although you do have to have a lot of endurance, you do a lot of walking, do a lot of things. But yeah, people, anybody uh, who hasn't done that doesn't understand these that no side idea. of it. Yeah, no idea. What they think you get to about. go and you're you park your truck and then you climb up a tree to your stand and then you just sit there. I, not the case at all. No, there's a lot more to it. Especially and, if you're bow hunting. People don't yeah. understand. Bow hunting is one of the toughest things that you can ever do, and um, I'm not good at bow hunting. It's a whole lot of mental, yeah. and buck fever is a real thing. Stalking. And it's, it, man, uh, you get shaken real bad. Yeah. <laughs> real bad. Yeah. But I, I, I think I told Brain I'd try to get some outdoor stuff and in, sneaked into his, his sports podcast. So Nice. I, I'm not going to give a, a fishing report or anything. Synopsis but. of what lures you're using currently. What, <laughs> yeah. What's the bait secret? No. Well, I remember when you and Troy Walters used to go fishing on occasion, you know, you all would cook up some uh, concoctions with the chicken that we would smell them. We'd be like, dude, if I was a fish, first of all, I would be going right for that lure. I'm not yeah. going for that nasty worm, you know, saying that sarcastically. But, yeah, you guys had some, what, was it Kool-Aid? Yeah, you put Kool-Aid and stuff in chicken and stuff. I'm all I'm all about the worm, though. It's classic. Now, or and, always were. Oh, always been a, okay. a fan of the worm. I mean, almost any fish will eat it. Yeah. So, you know, it just depends, Tried on, kind of and true. It depends on what kind of fishing you're going to do. I prefer using artificial, just straight artificial bass fishing. Yeah. You know, crappie fishing, whatever. It's but, easiest too. But so anybody who needs the secret, what was it, catfish you were fishing that day? What were you fishing for when you were doing the chicken? Yeah, it's catfish. Yeah. So anybody who needs the secret catfish recipe, Ryan is your man. He's selling that for five ninety nine currently, and he'll give you the recipe, and then you've got to make it yourself. So product not included, not just that, not just the hard. recipe. Not that hard. I mean, you get chicken and Kool-Aid. hey, man, don't give away your secrets. It's only five ninety nine. I don't even use it anymore. I'd much rather use live bait or fresh yeah. cut bait. That's that's the best kind of bait you can use for catfish. My grandfather used to live on a lake up in uh, Seymour, and we used to go fishing all the time up there. I mean, bluegill, crappie, smallmouth, largemouth. Um, I don't think there was many catfish in there, but my great-grandfather pulled a couple of big catfish out of there and then snapping turtles. What oh, lake is that? Oh, my goodness. I, it's Mutton Creek is the name of the area, but it's not a creek or it's not a uh, creek again. It's not a lake that I don't think anybody would know because it's in a residential area. Oh, it's not Elk Creek Lake, is it? I don't know, to be honest. I'd have to look into it, but there's a small beach on it down at the end, and then it's just literally houses. We could walk around the entire lake. Uh, we used to do, I'd say, you know, to walk around the entire lake, it's probably a couple miles, but it's, yeah, it's little to nothing. And I think, I don't want to tell you wrong, but I think they stocked it. Um, 
So that's kind of, I always say that's like hunting in a zoo type of deal. But it's not, it also wasn't stocked like what a typical stock pond would be. This is a big, you still had to have some strategy. There was only a limit on what size motor you could use on your Mm -hmm. boat too. So we only fished off the dock, which I like better anyways. And then also we had some great fireworks shows. Oh, (laughs) man. Nice. Over the water, it was great. So, yeah. I like that. But all right, let me give my beef of the week. And my beef of the week is a very interesting one. And it'll be interesting to see what your take on this is because you've got interesting rules that are going on in the Olympics and different sporting events and everything. And it has to do with how you classify the sex of a male and a female. And so there's a woman who's won multiple medals. And uh, she's a great runner, or he, or whatever you want to classify them as, but it's Kasser Semenya. And there's been talk recently about should they be running against males or females, but they currently hold the 800-meter record. And I bring this up because, in my personal opinion, uh, she was born with X and Y chromosomes. And so I'm thinking, typically... You know, she should be running against the males. He should mm-hmm. be running against the males. But there's, you know, no – the tools that a male would have are not there. So in testing, okay. it looks like a male. But overall, it is a female. But we bring this up because previously we had talked about in MMA, there was a transitioning individual. Back to my joke earlier about Brandon. That's where that came from. Yeah. Um, but a MMA individual who was <laughs> – becoming a female and was just beating the brakes off a bunch of women and i said no there's no way you can do this so my question to you is two things first of all what's your stance on all this second of all is does it change when there's violence involved such as a kickboxing boxing mma any type of sporting event like that in comparison to where this is track and field where solely she's running against other individuals I've actually have thought about this before, and the, my opinion on it, I on stuff like this. Well, first, uh, you know, someone who's transitioning, someone who's transgender, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to do with your life, I, you know, not my cup of tea. But right. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. If as long as you're not hurting someone else, then I don't. I don't care what you do. Right. Okay. That's your I'm not life. judging anybody yeah, for any that's decisions. Your life. Do what you got to do. Okay? Yeah. I, I don't really care. Now, as far as competing in athletics, and you asked, does it make a difference to me if it's, uh, you know, fighting as compared to track and field or weightlifting, something like that? Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any difference. I think it's absolutely wrong for for transitioning people to be competing against. So if they're transitioning to women, to a woman from male then they should not be competing against females. I mean, their yeah. body is not the same. I mean, it's science. There's no way to dispute that their body is not, it's not the same. Yeah. Even if they've been taking hormones, it, 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 taking stuff, their body does not change that fast. It takes a long time, and even then their, their muscle mass is still way different. Yep. And, you know, on this, I, I tend to defer to someone who has some expertise on it and some knowledge on it, which if – 
you're listening and you don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, you yeah. absolutely need to listen to Joe Rogan. There's One, something on there for everybody. I don't care what walk of life you are. He's got some guests on there that you'll be able to resonate he's, with. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And he's actually been talking about this exact thing quite a bit lately. Has he? Yeah, he has. And, you know, he's an expert on MMA. He's a yeah. jiu-jitsu black belt. He's like a, a, a what is it? A High-level kickboxing world background, champion too. or yeah. a, U.S. won the U.S. Open or something when he was younger. Yeah. And kick, and, uh, he quit because Taekwondo he was hurting people. He, yeah. Yeah, I think Taekwondo was correct. I think yeah, it actually was. Yeah, and then he did, got his black belt in jiu-jitsu. So, and he's yeah. obviously the commentator on you know the pay-per-views for UFC. He's He knows his stuff. He said it's yeah. absolutely wrong. He knows what all about their muscles, about their muscle mass, how they work. Right. And Well, bone yeah. density in that case, too. Oh, That's why so, I say with fighting, you're just constructed differently. Yeah, there's so many things that go into it. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'm not real forceful on this. Where like, I'm not trying to say that there shouldn't be something for people that have transitioned or are transitioning, but competing against their new gender, I, I just, there's just not fair. It's just scientifically yeah. unfair. Yeah. So maybe, you know, there should be specific leagues or classifications for transgender people. Maybe. Yeah. I don't I think there's something that smart people can think about and figure out for this. Yeah. But you know, let them compete against uh, you know people that they're transitioning with. It's just, it's unfair and it should not happen. Yeah. I mean, they're setting world records in in weightlifting, like just blowing them out of the water. It's yeah. not it's not fair. Hey, it's tough so, to their competition yeah. in general too, because it's like you said, they're up against something that they can't technically compete with. The one thing I want to make sure I get across too is that I I agree with you first and foremost. But the other thing that I want to make sure I'm saying clearly is. To be this level of athlete, whether you're a male, whether you're a female, whether you're a dog, whether you're whatever you may be, right, it takes work and a lot of it to get to that level. So yep. I'm not taking away anything from the time that they've spent getting to this level. I think you are born with a minimal amount out of it, but nobody's born with enough talent to set records in Olympic trials and stuff like that. So props to them for doing that. The other thing I was thinking about, and I know I'm going to get a ton of crud with this, but I'm just, I, I try to keep it real and I try to be 100% honest, is unfortunately it seems like the males that are then becoming females or any form of fashion, whatever that may be, are the ones who are breaking the records. I have never heard, and if you even go through and look, at the male records in track and field compared to the female records at track and field. If you go to NBA records, if you go to football records, if you go to whatever it may be, the records are male-dominated. So how can you have a male going to a female sport then and then competing at that level? But, you know, and this is going to sound bad, I don't think it would be the end of the world to have a female competing with the males at that point. You look at a la Annika Sorenstein or um, who was the other golfers who have competed. Mm -hmm. Michelle Wee, I think, has competed a couple of times. They've never really won. But let them have their moment of glory and get out there. So, yeah, it was an interesting topic, but that's my beef of the week. I, I agree with you, and that's why it is my beef of the week. 
something's got to change and they've changed the testosterone testing rule 2015 and 2018 but we've got olympics coming up and hopefully they can get it right because man we're only going to see more and more we had the wrestling high school kid we had the mma fighter Mm -hmm. now we're hearing about you know um, olympic athletes um, something just has to be done, and they've got to set a precedent because it should be a level playing field, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking they can probably – there's a lot of smart people involved. They can probably yeah. figure something out. Um, You're going to make it somebody mad. That's what you know for sure, and that's yeah. okay because I don't think everybody has to be happy all the time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to – don't think everyone's going to be happy, but you can't hose some people just because they are – you know they've trained their whole life for this and now someone has an unfair advantage and you're the best in the world now you're the second best in the world yeah so i agree 100 yeah. percent. anyway they'll i think they'll figure it out and you know we'll we'll progress there at some point so <clears throat> i think it's all we got you got anything else i don't i think that covers it i mean there was some interesting other fun stuff but i just want to say thanks for first of all coming over and doing this and second of all i think you did a great job i know we talked about it before and had things set up but uh couldn't have been a better replacement for brandon hopefully as a safe trip and gets back quickly but i think in my opinion if you get a chance you should definitely do these more often with us too yeah we'll see uh i don't know if we're going to do any more uh fishing updates but uh we'll, we'll, ch- we'll check on that i'll, I'll see but uh, i guess what am i i'm supposed to say uh what keep liking and sharing and say something about the weather is that is that usually how it happens but, yeah, you know the what, weather or what know, we're eating what are we yeah, eating yeah, this yeah. week I'm, yeah i had taco bell today so you know yeah. i'm not going to say anything about the weather however something that brandon doesn't say that he should is when you go onto itunes Leave a five star review. Ah, very Leave good. that five star review. No other stars other than five. Leave yeah. the reviews, and you can like and share on Facebook also. But get on iTunes or whatever, Google Play, Google Play, any of those. Yeah. Leave the best review possible. Do that. Yeah. Okay? Thank you for saying that. That's a good call. Yes. And uh, I'll leave you with a little something as well too. But I had no idea you can milk a cat. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Meet the parents. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to end it on that. Classic. Later, guys. Peace.